0: Yes, indeed. We had a bit of a false start there. <laughs> no harm done. And once again, welcome to the DL debate. I uh, appreciate you tuning in now on the radio. We're back via podcast, another pack show in store this evening. Shortly, we'll be speaking to GA correspondent Jer Tracy to discuss all the weekends, GA action. And a new feature on the show, a life story. In the next couple of weeks, as we build up the championship, we're going to do a few life stories. Colin McFadden will be on the show. Next week, but this evening, we have Nadine Doherty, and what a story she has. A remarkable uh, career and time in the GAA. Uh, unbelievable reading through it over the weekend. Um, I want to put a shout-out to Mickey McCann They said Well done for re- reaching the Division 2B uh, League final, coming up uh, short against Meath. But listen, very impressive uh, league campaign from Donegal. All eyes now on the Nicky Rackard again uh, on, the, on the underage front. It doesn't look like Kerr uh, Lacey, from what I'm hearing, will be back, uh, unfortunately. And we're waiting to see what the next step is for our academy. Uh, in the meantime, Luke Barrett and his team are doing their best uh, to keep things ticking over. And after the back of our under-20s, of course, beating Antrim uh, last week on penalties, are under-17s lifted uh, a trophy for Donegal beating our neighbours uh Derry uh one nine to nine points that was the Jim McGuigan Cup well done to them and after the match we heard from their manager Luke Barrett.
1: A wee bit of, uh something special about it. I look again it's it's um it's nice to win and it was you know missing. It was always going to be a game that was going to be cagey and, and go down the stretch. They hadn't been, you know, they'd played and dominated games as well, and we felt that you know felt confident we could compete with them as well. So um, look, we brought it right down to the end, and, and we were fortunate. I think you know we, to be fair, the boys spotted a bit of danger there. The keeper was a bit of bother, when my pounced on it, but it could have went either way. Look, there was chances either end, but um, we're glad to come out and of it. Five two up and in a good spot, going in one point in it at half time. Were you worried? I wasn't more worried, more than disappointed because I felt that we had you know, after quickly after fifteen minutes of the first half we had got a couple of scores, we had left a couple of scores out there as well and you know, we were the architecture on downfall then because we conceded two handy scores then so um, we would be disappointed with that there but but we have a lot of confidence these boys they know what they're about and they're you know they're they're buying into the team ethos of everything as well. So we, we had preached that it was gonna go right to the end no matter what happened in Fair Play then they dug it out. Nine six, nine seven it was you know home team had had possession for quite a bit. He's got the freeze, he's he's kept hanging in there, but um, the grip on that performance has to be something that pleases you, I'm sure. Ah well look. The big thing that we're, we're preaching and training is about the team, and it's always about you know playing for the team in every situation and making the right decisions for the team. And you know, to be fair, today I thought they did that. with fades, you know, and they showed real courage towards the end as well. To just st- you know, with a bit of reckless abandonment go after it, and they did, you know. And um, I'm first proud of them. Very, very proud of the efforts because you know a lot of people would say it comes to a game and, and you win or lose, and particularly even Terry, like you know, like people are saying we won today and Terry lost. Like the work that these young fellas are putting in away from the pitch and, and the gym and, and the time commitment that they're on every side is astronomical. I don't think people understand it, um, you know. So um, for that, there I'm delighted for the players as well. So obviously a lot a discussion about the academy situation. I'm not going to go into that here, but I think this is the first group that came through it when it started. I believe or close to it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the work has been done. Yeah, these boys have d- have done a good a bit of work as well, and there's a couple under 16s as well there, um, and 17s. And look, they're just a nice group of players, as well, nice mix from last year. Um, you know, they're they're bought into the whole ethos of, of developing as well. But I think every player has to do that now, and every team has to do that. And um, look, I'm just delighted for them as well. And but these boys are the first ones through, so I'm delighted for them as well. And look, it's difficult times, nothing off football. So hopefully now this can be a wee boost for the teams around us as well, and hopefully all teams can have a, a good run in the championship and and everything moving moving. Told. and finally just on the championship the minor championship tends to change format different things you have something completely different now yeah look of the league ah it is it is and i i don't know how we feel about that yet like we have we have three games in ten days you know and like that's a real tough ass to play you know you're playing wednesday night you're going to newry on the sunday and then you're going the following week you're playing then you're playing um, you're playing uh, Derry then, so like that's going to be a really tough test, you know. But um, and then you get into the knockout side, I think. So look, our first and foremost, our objective is to get into the knockout stages, and then we're going to deal with it from there, you know. But each game on its merit, and you know we'll be preparing for from now and they come on tonight. Yeah,
0: good man, well done, Luke Bard and our under 17s. Yeah, yeah, well done, Luke Bard and our under 17s. Mighty stuff from them indeed. And uh, now we say we're going to look across. The action from the weekend. And a man that we've been uh well, me and him has been known as the as the dream team. Uh maybe I think we may give ourselves that name But it is Jerry Tracy. Jerry, how are you? Good morning, Brandon. Yeah, that that
2: that makes me smile that
0: comment. <laughs> <laughs> Rolling back the years. We had a good we had a good rattle at the times in the old commentary there, Jerry. Of course uh, uh, people, uh, yeah. people, have, people have even played <laughs> the commentary, the famous Kevin Cassidy he shot against uh uh, Kildare that day in Crow Park me and you were shouting and roaring. Oh, it's the only time, Jerry in all the time I've done commentaries that the, you, the studio come in and goes like what are the time please? <laughs> My apologies. <laughs> <laughs> that,
2: was a, that was a memorable evening. I have to say. One, one of the many that we had together um, in various commentary booths over, over over the years but I have to say that even in Crow Park was Extra special! What a what a game uh, what
0: a story and what what a point to win it! What a point! Gerard. Lives long in the memories. I say, I've, I've, I've met Donegal people randomly. They've, they've had it on their phone. They've played back at <laughs> that clip. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's it's brilliant stuff. Jared, tell me this: um, uh, this season, I mean, we started the season for Man and Donegal. We're a long way off in terms of looking at league standings, but next season we're we're clashing heads again. yourselves and Kevin going up, co- of course, at the weekend joining ourselves in Armagh going down uh, it's going to be uh, a serious division 2 next year Ulster battles everywhere same as division 1 I mean really down unlucky not to go up themselves should they go up next year and and everybody stays you know you'll have 7 of the 9 counties in, in 1 and 2 Yeah I mean who, who, who
2: would have ever imagined that uh, well Donegal and Armagh uh, will be in division 2 and will be joined by 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 Fermanagh. I suppose a lot of people had Famana Down as uh one of the teams that maybe might be looking over their shoulder in terms of <clears throat> relegation to Division Four. But I mean it's been a terrific year for, for, for Manna and uh, achieving achieving their promotion. However I suppose last Saturday evening was, was, was disappointing, the performance was disappointing. So that sort of takes the shine of the loss of the way. But, but I suppose the, the main aim was to get promoted and and that was that was achieved and it was hard probably Brendan for the lads to after investing so much time, effort, and commitment to get over Westmead and Calvin, the two previous weekends to turn around again a third week in a row and and perform at that at the level that would have been needed to beat what was a very good good Calvin side. So look, it's overall a good, a good season, but I have to say I, I was I was taken aback by the fall of of Donegal and Armagh. Yeah. I didn't expect either of them two teams to end up in, in Division 2, but here they say the league doesn't lie, and that's, that all adds to what should be an intriguing Division
0: 2 next year. Mm, certainly. Yeah, it, was a, it was a serious season in terms of uh, comebacks and one-point victories, and it, it was an amazing run by Fermanagh. You really got the sense from the management down to the players, and it's something I suppose some Donegal people have talked about here in terms of not having Donegal influence maybe on the team. There seemed to be a real Fermanagh bond uh, Pulled again around uh, the side, you know. It seemed to be real identity with them again, you know. Really a, a the team.
2: Yeah, that, that, that's probably a fair comment. I mean, Kieran Donnelly has, has, has come in there, and um, look, Kieran's a, 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 just a avid football man. Uh, loads of experience with uh, colleges and Oma um, CBS and so on and so forth, and then on the club scene with uh, the likes of Calvin Gales. Eric and Kieran uh Scotstown, and has been successful with, with all of those and he, look at he he came in there and picked up from 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 Ricey. and um first year uh far far the fine and and um reasonable enough year um achieved of uh you know division 3 status fairly comfortably and then uh, the championship was slightly disappointing one good win over uh, Longford in the in Tadhg's Cup, but then knocked out again by our nemesis, uh, Calvin. You know, so. Um, but I suppose the fact then that uh, he was able to call on players like uh, Shea and Lee Cullen, uh, the, the twins that are back, that that was hugely important. Alton Callum was available this year. Shane McGullion who has probably gone under the radar, was missing for two years with with injuries. He was back. And Kieran McManus was back, and maybe the key thing then added to that is that them lads that um, won the Hogan Cup in 2019 with St. Michaels, there's six of them in the panel, and they are, they are six of the five of them started on Saturday evening. Mm. They're a year young, or a year older, I should say, and a year more experienced. So when you when you put all that into the mix, and then you take the unity and the passion and the commitment that Kieran has brought to the the table and to the team. Uh, I think it's 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 been a good a good mix and a good blend, and he brought in Roland O'Neill this year to do some work with the with the forwards. And Roland Roland's, I'm sure you know know him well. He's a very likable, very infectious lad. He's had a great uh, impact so far uh, on the team. So all of that has added up into a nice a nice cocktail that, that has that has got us to where we are at this juncture. Yeah,
0: indeed, and. Uh... Just, used for mana boys are having influence everywhere. Obviously, uh Derry are are on the march steadily, um chair And uh before we get to the game, which was quite a strange game, um, you know, Rory's comments about the under twenties again we're both involved in this because um there's five Derry lads named uh under twenties in the squad and of course Derry are playing yourselves in the championship uh, four days later. They're playing our under twenties. And that game um yeah. There was a request to bring that forward, Jared. Were you, were you surprised that wasn't um, agreed to? Because it seems a wee bit crazy, you know, if a player's going to play another 20 championship match and then three days later play, play an Ulster championship game.
2: Yeah, I, I think it's fair. It's a very strange one, Brandon, because I mean, if a rule's put in, I think it should apply across both both you know the league and the championship. But this. Rule is only affecting the championship only, is my understanding. Because if it did affect the league, well then Ronan McCaffrey, who played for our on the twenties, and Finnan O'Brien, they wouldn't have been allowed to to play in that uh, game there at the weekend. So it only it only is applicable to what I from what I can see uh, is, is championship football, and I think it it it's it's go- it's, go- it's go- unfair that players that you know are good enough to play further at senior level. Um, and evidently, our under-20 are now being penalised, and there's a decision to be made now between whether they play in that under-20 game against uh, Donegal, or or Rory Paulson and keeps them for the, the senior game. I, I don't think for young lads at that at that age that they should be in the in the in the mix. living enough on their plates, you know, between mm. their work and maybe their college and uh, whatever's going on in their lives without having having that brought into the into the equation as well. So. I think it's something that I, I would agree with, Rory, that it's something that needs to be looked at and, and addressed. And I suppose maybe it is strange that if Donegal maybe were happy to bring the, the game forward, I don't know whether they were or not, that that request was, was turned down. Yeah. And I think
0: just over the over the weekend, you know, different teams will look at it. Because the Championship's coming down the track so quick, these games were all mm-hmm. were all a small bit of shadow boxing. I know, listen, Daryl, took great heart, particularly in the first half when they when they, Dublin just couldn't break through that line. And we, we said that that couldn't work at Crow Park. But then again, this isn't the Dublin team of before. And this Derry team is as well drilled the sides I've ever seen. So, you know, they really had their yeah. number. But then the goals killed them second half. But, I mean, to see a 4-6 scoreline in modern football is, is a strange thing. Jerry, you know, I mean, ultimately, easily yeah. won the game for them. But uh, it's something that you, you would have throw back to some game from, from another
2: era. Yeah, it was strange. I I was at the game and um I thought to myself at half time Derry were in control of the game. They should have been should have been further, further in front. Um but I suppose the second half uh, took on a, a different dimension altogether. I think the loss of, of Conor Glass had a, a really significant uh, impact on the game. Derry looked, looked lost in the in the middle of the field once uh, glass went off and um I mean, Dublin got their kickouts away very, very easily, and they had the bulk of the, the possession, and I suppose they made the, the maximum advantage with that uh, possession. Um, they scored four goals and two points in the second half. If, if somebody told me a, a Rory Goddard side would, would concede that in 35 minutes of football, I, I wouldn't believe it, but they did. And, and and I suppose it maybe shows up that if you take the likes of Connor Glass, Chrissy McKay, and young Owen McInvoy uh out of the, out of that dairy team about three really, really important players, but I expect that they'll be back for for the championship uh, against against ourselves. So um I wouldn't be reading too much into what happened yesterday to be honest. I think It'll maybe uh, give Derry the shake up that they maybe needed
0: at at this juncture. Yeah, and and Joe, uh, tell me, you're, you're obviously a pride for Mano Man. You're always promoting and, and helping the county, and I know you're a GA man at its heart. But you're such a driving force behind for Mano. You're on the verge of a of a big promotion push there to bring in funds.
2: Yeah, um, I suppose <laughs> I to go on the role of chairman of Club Ernia, uh back in 2014, Brandon and over over the the last whatever it is nine years or whatever um we have brought in consistently brought in in the region of maybe two hundred thousand pounds per per annum uh, which is absolutely crucial funding to sustain the ga in in, in and um but i suppose working closely with with people that are unified and have a vision and um unity of purpose i would say ha- has been a pleasure you know working with the county board and i suppose <laughs> when you when you think of me saying that and then you maybe hear what's going on in your own county uh you know it's it's it's, it's brilliant that that there is such uh, a unified approach and unity of purpose so i suppose there's big uh, plans, Brendan, to develop um, the centre at Listen. Like, I, I've been down at Convoy a few times, and I see what you guys have done there with your four pitches or five pitches now, or whatever it is, and then plus your your pavilion and whatever, and your gym upstairs, and your eating and meeting room and whatever. Top class facility. Um, look it up at Listen. Listen has been very good. Listen, the Phenology Training Centre is just located outside. Uh, in a skilling as you head out for Temple, it's 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 a fine it's a fine centre, but look, there's only two training pitches there. Um, there's a relatively small um, dressing room complex, uh, a mobile eating room and meeting room as such, and a very very small gym. So, it's for us to go forward and develop our footballers and our hurlers and our ladies ladies teams. We need more pitches, and we need a fit-for-purpose sports pavilion. So, long story short, Brendan, the um, Development Committee in, in Fermanagh have uh, now t- a project in place uh, uh, to develop a new training centre with the two pitches and the new building, whatever. That's going to cost 4500000 and million. I've been working closely with the chairman of that committee, and uh, I suppose we agreed that if we're ever going to go and look for funding, whether you're going to your council, your local council, or you're going to co Park, or you're going to the Ulster uh, Council, you're going to have to have some money in your own back pocket. So we decided that we would try and raise a million pounds through uh, Win a House in Fermanagh competition. And that uh, started last September, and it will culminate this day week. Seven days' time, somebody that has purchased a ticket will win a brand new three four bedroom house worth three hundred thousand pounds in the heart of Ineskillum. It's an absolutely fantastic prize. A fantastic house in a great location in a lovely town. So that's the prize and that's what's gonna happen next next uh, Monday night in the Westfield Hotel.
0: Magic stuff Joe. Magic stuff, well, listen Joe, you sent me on uh we linked it there again. I think I did give you a blast already, but I'll fire it up and on Twitter. Well, I want to wish you all the best with the draw and thanks so much yeah. for giving us a wee, wee bit of info uh, this evening there, Jerry. Uh, always great to talk.
2: Uh, no bother, and look at if anybody can help us out, just go on to Com, and I suppose I'll remind all Donegal people that when they had their Win a House in Dublin competition, the likes of Mick McGrath and Michael Oliver McMahon uh came up to Fermanagh and sold loads and loads of tickets. So <laughs> it's our turn now, Brendan. So It's your turn now. <laughs>
0: uh, the Donegal people will help us out. We will indeed eh? and then we'll move to Inneskill and live in that house we'll invade. Sure, <laughs> this is no problem good at all. <coughs> I hope a Donegal person wins it. That'll that'll be like you you could trust we bought a few tickets uh-huh. good man. <laughs> well, I,
2: hope, is... I hope to buy, buy plenty in the next seven days because no this week
0: somebody will win. only a hundred pound of tickets. Sound job, good man, chair. Take her handy, kid. Take her Good handy. Good talk ever, Brandon. Aye, fair Take play. Take care of yourself. Fair play, ger Well done Bye. there. Uh, after, these, after this advertisement break, we have the great Nadine Doherty. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this talk. She's coming up after this break.
3: The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny. Serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in uh-huh. Sarah's Kitchen. And there's free admission entertainment every weekend.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> All the way from Dublin, where you're residing now, Nadine. The wee woman from Hawthorne Heights, first. Never mind, Dublin. Uh, Nadine, I was just looking through your career. First of all, welcome to Life Stories on the DL Debate. Um, fantastic night, to have friend. you on. Lovely, lovely
4: to
0: be on. i looking forward to it. Oh, listen, fair play. Nadine, I was, I was looking back. I, I, just taken aback by this. You know, I obviously got a decent education. That night we had a talk in the Donald Park when the Union's Ladies got together, of course, to reminisce about that fanta- that fantastic team you's had. And I was blown away by some of that. But then when I looked at your personal stuff, I mean, Nadine, jumping in just uh, straight into this, you know, you started playing for St. Union's Ladies when you're 12 years of age. I mean, it doesn't seem yeah. possible. You first played for Donegal when you were 15. Uh, I'm sitting going, shaking my head, going, how is this possible? But, Nadine, uh, the start of your playing, obviously you were mad keen on the all-sports, but that, that start in the uh, ladies' football, it was a, it, it was a real um, early baptism into the senior game, the ladies' game.
4: Yeah, I suppose it was very different back then, Brendan. You know, um, like I was trying to think, I think I was about 10 when a few of us from school wandered down to unions, And I suppose that was around 92 And Donegal, the man, had won the All-Ireland, so I suppose that was a bit of a springboard for the county, in a sense. And just even my own environment growing up, like Hawthorne Heights, it was in the middle of the town, but, geez, you know, we were blessed with green areas and I think that's that's a huge thing that's missing now for kids like you had your choice of going down to the all-weather pitch or going up Paddy Gallagher's fields or going down to St. Unans to the grass pitch or even up to the square on the street like we would just play football anywhere so yeah I was about 10 wandered down to Unans and then she was straight in I think there was an under 14 team and then like I was 12 playing senior but I mean Debbie Lee Fox was probably 14, 15 like Anne Doherty was I'd say Anne was about 12 as well. So it was just the done thing. But it is mad. Like now, whatever, 30 years later, it's it's kind of crazy that, that that happened even from a child protection point of view. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, we were, just, we were just mad to play football. And Kevin Barron, the manager at the time, I, I think his motto was always, you know, if you were good enough, you're old enough. And he obviously thought we were good enough. And we, listen, we came into a Unions team that, you know, ladies football was just starting, but Unions had... They'd won everything. I think they'd won two or three at that stage. And now we in, my first game actually when I was 12 and 95 was against Arua, as you would have found out that night. Like we were big, big rivals and Arua beat us in that game. It was the semi final, the, the county semi final. So Sure, as a 12 year old, the devastation to the tears and everything, I'd say, Mommy had to console me for about a week. But uh, then after that, yeah, we just went on a roll, Brendan, for years and years. And I was just so privileged to have been part of that team because they're just unbelievable footballers and, and just unbelievable organisation so long ago you know like as I said Kevin Barron was way way ahead of his time in terms of coaching and even the players we had were way ahead of their time in terms of their thinking you know on the ball so yeah it was just a privilege Brendan it really was, it was unbelievable.
0: That's interesting because that's the very thing that a lot of people have said about you in terms of being ahead of your time and, and how you, your approach to the game was, was entertainment even Maxie Kern talked about that. And it's interesting that was your first year in because your timing after that was impeccable in terms of winning championships and being in the right place at the right time throughout the rest of your career. But that that Unions team then, that was their only blip out of 14, was it, in championships? So that was yeah, new, new, new
4: I think so, yeah. It's unbelievable. Um, you, you, of course... Yeah, it was you just... Went on, you
0: went on to win like seven championships, three All-Stars, and of course playing in all Ireland final that's just said so Unions so there's a lot There's a lot more to come and around that but that's just taking it from a Unions perspective today. And so in many ways I know we finished up early and the travel and all that had a lot to do with that but you did started pretty early so it still was, it was such a massive uh, time frame you had so many teams you played for oh, it was massive and
4: like, I look back even with school you know, like we had brilliant teams in school because You would have had like Thurman Girls, St. Michael's. You know, you would have had so many other players from around the county. So I just remember back to those years from, say, like 95 until I suppose I did my leave. And then I think it was 99. You would have been training at lunchtime with, say, basketball or soccer. You would have had training after school with basketball, soccer, Gaelic with the school team. Then you would have gone on and you probably had underage training say at six o'clock and then you stay on for senior training after that. So like five days a week, you probably had four training sessions, but we loved it, Brendan, like, you know, and even listening to you chatting like during the week, you were the same. You played, you just played everything. Like yeah. that was the way it was. And I just think that that improved everybody's skill set. Uh, again, it's in burnout and child protection and that, that they don't do it now. But, you know, I think everybody in that team appreciated what the others were doing Um, in terms of other sports in terms of their training and listen that theme itself you know the the six seven years and after that it just worked and it just clicked and there was huge strength and depth as well Brennan like Kevin and Hugh McClafferty and Cormac McCormick all the managers at the time they really trusted us you know and like I have like the memory would be a bit sketchy you now at this stage you know I just remember say, like Brona Gallagher and goals, there was huge trust. Like you always know Brona, you knew you knew she'd nail the kickouts. And then I just always remember looking back at our defenders because, like, I was this little skinny thing up front and full forward, and she like everybody would just get the ball up to you. But I just remember looking at our defenders, and you just knew, you just knew, any time that that ball crossed the halfway line that they'd uh, sorted out, as your Maria used to say. But yeah, listen, you could go on for hours, but it was genuinely just such a privilege to have played with, with all of those players. And yeah, I suppose then when I was, it was, I think, 2000 then, I headed off to America for a couple of years and, and that was very different. Yeah, now of course, of
0: happened, to, happened to won a championship out there. I'm not surprised. Everywhere you went, something happened, to and just before we get get off the unions, ones, I have to say, obviously your mum and your aunt and all them huge supporters, and Harry Blake, God rest them, and, and the stories, yeah. and, and there's one small story, and I love these ones, Alma Cavanagh was talking with you on the flight, and your excitement, <laughs> just being on the flight, heading over, because you were so young, and they were saying, oh, only, yeah. you know, you was only for the wonders were so small, you would have hopped out of them <laughs> and it landed and this kind of thing, you know. And I just, they, she was saying the, the, the buzz that you brought there and the energy, you know, it was, it was such amazing times. Heading to London to play like uh, an All-Ireland semi-final and club, you know, it was su- such a massive time. And the response from the town when you come back and of course the stories of Blake's Bar and, and Charlie doing the commentary and, and, and the whole buzz around that, you really captured something very special at that time.
4: Uh, it was unbelievable. And listen, Charlie Harvey, Harry Blake, Paddy Gallagher and family members, they were our, like, you know, our supporters who never missed a game. But yeah, I remember going over to the the game in London. And as you said, Bren, like you're 15, going over to London to play in another Ireland Cup final. It was only, you know, as an adult then, you look back and you think, geez, that was just, it was unheard of. But I, I remember my, my real memory from that trip was uh, after we'd won the match, obviously, and the celebrations and the whole lot, and obviously, we all went to bed a bit earlier than the rest. But uh, we all went shopping in London the next day, and every single one of us came back with a three stripe Adidas tracksuit. So, going around the convent, you had every color of the three stripe tracksuit. I think I got a, a green and a green and navy one, so we th- thought we were absolutely unbelievable <laughs> between getting to an all Ireland final and having the Adidas. We thought we were brilliant. But uh ah yeah, listen, just amazing, amazing times and there's beautiful memories from that that weekend, you know. Um and we all recounted them at the at the night that, that you um a few weeks ago. But uh and that was the thing too, Brent, the crack, like, you know, you can talk about the football all day and it was amazing. But I think that team stayed together for so long because of the friendships that were formed and because of the right. crack off and on the pitch and and Blake's and even at training, you know, just the crack and the slagging and well, we didn't take ourselves too seriously. We all we did take the football seriously as well. But you know, I I just think maybe nowadays, and we'll probably get on to that later, that, that that the crack has just kind of been squeezed out of it, even at club level. You know, it's it's slowly being squeezed out. So yeah. so we but had it all. See, we were see so from that, lucky.
0: that night, that evening where, where the team were under twenty or under twenty ones. Unions had won the won the championship, and I was looking at youth group of. And, I mean, isn't women, but at the crack, the characters you are oh. individually and then as, <laughs> as a group. And I was looking at them thinking, I just can't see any way that you're going to have as much crack as that. There's nothing against them. It's just the way things are is, is set up. But Nadine, you, you just mentioned New York there. Of course, you land back with impeccable timing, as I was saying, because Donegal lost an All-Ireland final. They were going for a second one. They needed a wee bit of extra quality. And, and you certainly provided that. I'm going to take you up on that just after this break, right?
3: The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Laddercanny. Serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen. And there's free admission entertainment every weekend.
4: Do you suffer from high cholesterol, menopause symptoms, digestive issues, anxiety, aches and pains or a lack of energy? The highly trained team at The Natural Way Letterkenny can provide advice on natural remedies for a number of individual health issues. The Natural Way also has its own brand of herbal treatments to help fight fatigue, relieve digestive discomfort, maintain a healthy immune system and alleviate common menopause symptoms. The Natural Way at Letterkenny Shopping Centre, your one-stop health shop. Do you need a little extra help staying in your home? At Bluebird Care, we offer a wide variety of Qmark-approved, personalised home care services across Donegal. And our fully trained and committed staff will always meet your care needs with kindness, compassion and dignity. To get your personal home care assessment plan, visit bluebirdcare.ie or call our care team today on 07491 29562 and bring
3: care home. The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letter Kenny. Serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen. And there's free admission entertainment every weekend.
0: Welcome back, welcome back. As I say, this is Life Stories and I'm with Nadine Doherty, affectionately known as Doc, of course, to her teammates. And we're at 2003, so Nadine basically has won almost everything in sight She's also won a championship at Cavanaugh in New York. Had a spell there, which is great for anybody. Live abroad for a few years, but but come back. And Donegal had been beaten the year before in all Ireland Junior Final, and Nadine landed back in the Maxi Maxi uh, Maxi squad, Maxi Current squad, and Donegal went all the way. Nadine, what's your, what's your memories of that? And and was there was there any notice that you noticed you might stay another year in New York? How, why did you decide to come home exactly? Yeah, so.
4: Two thousand two she said the girls got to the, the final and um I'd always been in touch with Mo, you, you know, and, and Doc and a few of them and um when they lost that final, you know yourself poor Mo isn't great now with the aisle celebrating or getting over things when it lasts more than a two days. So she rang me, um or I rang her when anyway, we were in touch and she said, I'll oh, come home, you know, we're really close, would you consider coming home? So I was considering staying on, Brendan, to be honest. I was kind of in between and I was looking at college as well and going back to college. So, look, I made the decision to do teaching because it kind of was the best job to be able to play football nearly as professional as you could. So I applied, got teaching at Pats and then came back in 03. And now initially, oh geez, I was in bad shape as you can imagine after three years in New York so I had a few New York pounds to shift and a, a lot of fitness to catch up on like because those girls were coming off the back of an All-Ireland run and you know a good league campaign so uh, uh, Maxie made me wait it out now, I didn't start the first round of the championship, me and Mo were sitting on the bench, I don't know why she had a few pounds to lose maybe or something as well but uh <laughs> listen it ended up just that team was a very special team as well bren but um it just ended up clicking that year like we had a tough first round against our ma i think we only beat them by a goal in the end up and then we performed really well in the rest of ulster and we beat calvin well in the ulster final we had a nice quarter final draw against sligo at home the quarter quarterfinal and semi-final and then like kildare had been really really good i mean Donegal had got it tied against Kildare for a few years before that, but we just got into that final. So, Brandon, you would have been at it. Mm-hmm. And, like, the game was over by half time. It just clicked. Uh, I remember Kelly Lacey, Vaughan sco- like most scored nine points. I think she scored four of her left and five of her right. And, you know, your Maria came on at halftime. There's so many to mention, but uh, it just, it, it really clicked. And and that year, you very, know, very special, I clicked. suppose. It was... You
0: more would have clicked together, then You would
4: Yeah, you know, me and Mo just had a, because we played soccer together for so long and like I was, I suppose with Donegal then I'd moved out to centre forward and Mo was inside and you know you just get somebody Bren that you can you can bounce off and I knew where she'd be and she used to always say to me before a match now I don't want to do too much running here so just make sure you <laughs> drop it into the right place so yeah. I always had her legs in mind uh, yes. but yeah we just we were always, always able to find each other and this listen Mo there's no better finisher in Donegal at that stage than Mo so yeah, look, yeah no, it, just, it just clicked
0: Outside of the uh... The brilliance of that victory and everything gone before it. Something that uh, has been said many times again was that my God, she enjoyed her life, that uh, she played hard, that she partied hard. Is, there, is that? It's coming up too often the Nadine, for it not to be uh, a truth. <laughs>
4: Oh, death. Oh, Brent. listen, I'd never deny that. that. That's what it was all about. Like, like I'd trade as hard as anybody on that pitch and you'd behave yourself for a couple of months. But there was no better crack on a night out than with the football girls and there's no better night out than if you've won a big game be it a county final be it an Ulster final Listen, be it if you have a couple of weeks off training and you all meet up and go out but uh, oh, definitely I'll I'll never deny that one and that's definitely my ethos it doesn't really go down too well nowadays you know with all these these professional setups but uh, we had a good time we had a very good time and you know no more than yourselves there weren't very many people on that team who said come on girls I think it's time to call the (laughs) night We should. There we should leave bunch. it now.
0: <laughs> there were <was> some <laughs> bunch. Looking um, just two thousand and four. I suppose that quarter final we with Dublin. You know, did the, the team was on a was on a, a great trajectory at that time. Did you think that was one of the years where maybe? Yeah.
4: Of of yeah, I know Brandon. there's been. I
0: mean, there's been quite a few around that time and since. But but that year for you was was one of the ones that uh, you felt you could have went all the way in the senior.
4: Yeah, it was just pivotal because, as you said, we were on the crest of a wave. And I remember in 04, we lost the Ulster final that year, uh, very narrowly to Monaghan. And we'd had a couple of injuries, and I'll never forget the draw was made that during our match. So when we came off, we knew that we got Dublin that quarter final. And I remember Maxi being absolutely delighted, and like that was one thing about Maxi—he instilled huge confidence in you, no matter who you were playing. You know, he would have you. You know, and, and rightly so, you know, he had us thinking, yeah, we'll beat Dublin and we went down to Longford and, oh, listen, it was a wild game. I think there were about seven sin bins between both teams and it was swinging over and back and it was level after full time, went to extra time and I think there were about 30 or 40 seconds left on the countdown clock. I think it was just brought in that year and we were up by two points and Angie McNally scored an absolute screamer of a goal. There There was nothing anybody could do score a screamer of a goal and they won by a point and they went on to the final. They didn't win it, but we always felt that we would have taken that Galway team who, who won it that year. And uh, I just think with that team, you know, that team kind of started to wind down then in 07 and 06, even 07. And I felt had we, had we got over that Dublin game, you just, you never know, you know, you never know. That's, and I don't even have a regret about it because I honestly don't think Anybody on that day could have done anything more. Like, I think We Sheila Campbell got a helicopter, got a lift. Was it was her sister's wedding. Like, so, yeah. you know, everybody did did everything possible. But listen, you know, yourself, some days, th- these days, just don't go your way. But it was one of the, you know, you identify one of those games where if things had been different, who knows what the future would have held for that team. Yeah,
0: yeah, indeed. And I just looking, you've capped on loads of teams. I mean, earlier on at St. Pat's, Column, you're doing your teacher training. You know, you captained Donegal as well. Uh you were going up and down the road obviously then and he decided to transfer uh to Nafina. Uh you captained them. Of course they won their first championship as well. And and what was that like? They didn't go down there like a I suppose a, a new team, a new set of people again. Were they as crazy as the Donegal crew? I can't I can't imagine they were. Uh,
4: <laughs> or were they? Well they were. <laughs> you they you were led <Yeah>. Uh, do you know what it was, Brendan? With with that, it was a hard enough decision. But I was 27 at the time, and and Unions had gone through, I suppose, or were going through a transition. Um, I grew up playing with the the Donna Cavanas, the Lila McCuskers, the Liz Gordons. You know, Debbie Lee had moved on. Your Maria got married, and things were kind of breaking up. And it was a it was a selfish enough decision, Brendan, to be honest, because like I knew in my heart, I don't know, there five or six years of of a really good football left in me and I, I just I didn't have the yeah, I didn't have the leadership in me to to go through a transition period with union mm-hmm. and so I moved on to Nafina and, and like when I joined Nafina they um at, I, they kind of I trained with them a few times only one or two years, and i I'd, I'd been on the All-Star trip the year before and Bernie Finlay um who would have played with Dublin just got chatting to Bernie and, and I ended up going to Nafina and we had really good times with you know, we we ended up, Brendan. We we were players, all of kind of the same era. We were kind of all the same age. Very, very driven. You know, everybody was really driven. Like, I remember Denise Cassidy. She she'd be from uh, Over St. Knowles. Denise would have joined a year or two later. Like, I'm really sure she came to training one night with like a blow dry and a full face of makeup. Cause, and then when I'd asked her to like some work presentation because she didn't want to miss training, but there was a huge, huge drive there and. Yeah, we won we won four Dublin championships and and a Leinster and again lost an All-Ireland club final but um you know while while it would have been lovely to have stayed on with St. for my whole career I I think from a I suppose a football and a, a just a selfish point of view I I am glad that I I made the move um because I was able to play a similar squad like it was like an inter-county team, really. So I still played that really, really high standard of football, and it was a serious standard of training until I, um, I the legs gave in. It I think it was twenty fourteen when I when I finished up in the
0: Yes, and I think, listen, you're, you're obviously you've you've coached and been the selectors with with Westmeath and Manny's the You know, you're deputy principal, Dublin's You're your home there now. You're obviously doing stuff with Guillemon, writing an article with Sunday Independent. You are still. Uh knee deep in the uh GA, no matter what way it turns, you're there. Is that it's just something that's part of your life and, and you love that side of things?
4: Yeah, absolutely, Brent. And I suppose with the coaching, um the last year I played with Nafina, uh there was a fella from with me, Nile Williams, he was our, our coach and he, he was just, you know, you, you come across these few coaches in your life and they have a huge impact on you and, and Niall got offered the Westmead job the following year and he knew I was finishing up at the Phoenix so he asked me to go in with him and I did it for two years and it was a huge learning curve that I, I've kind of taken even into my, my own professional life, you know, being deputy principal in the school and I just think sport has, has such an important influence on your life. I often the pitch as well, you know, it's it gets you places, it takes you places and it, it keeps you going. But yeah, so then with the, the media stuff I suppose kinda, you know, like yourself, never really planned on getting into it at all. It just kinda fell into it. I was going over a, a few drinks in Crow Park in the Crow Park Hotel and just got chatting to this guy who had a small podcast going at the time and i did that with him it was called sports girls and i did that with him for a year and then marie Crow, who hosts game on marie rang me to see if i'd, I'd come on to Game on one evening and um because she said that she she used to prep for game on by listening to me in the podcast so she thought sure i'll just get her in to, to do it with us so yeah i've been with game on now for three years and then the sunday independent um again a kind of chance um a chance thing came up that the, the editor asked Marie of Game On, did, 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 he know any, did she know anybody who'd be able to write an article like the next day? Um, It was during COVID, I think the, the Manahan underage under 16s had they won Ulster but then the Ladies Gaelic Association weren't playing an All-Ireland Championship. So anyway, I wrote a piece on that and yeah, I just forged a good relationship with John Green, the, the editor, and um we work together now pretty much weekly. So it's really enjoyable. And as you said, it's just a great way to stay just stay involved in the game and, and because the way football is going now, the you wouldn't I wouldn't really switch on the telly unless I had to for, for media stuff. So it's it's good in that sense to stay in touch and it's just a nice distraction from the the grind of teaching. You know, I'm in that seventeen years now and you know, you can you can kind of just get into a I suppose just
0: a habit of of teaching at home and doing nothing. So the media stuff is is brilliant. Very busy though. Very busy. Yeah, listen Nadine, I I think you're brilliant. at it, it It's it comes naturally, which I think is the being thing in that. And of course, being a player that you are, that's already backed up. Um, it, it's interesting actually. I just give Maxi, Of course, he's on a beach somewhere in Greece. I think he's he's somewhere, he's somewhere <laughs> for the holidays. This boy, I mean, it's not bad enough that he is downings anyway. It is his feet. He has to head off to some other beach. But, um, he was saying that. You now obviously have to talk about Donegal and be critical about Donegal, but he says that he doesn't mind that because he respects you so much. And I, I thought that was a, a brilliant comment from him, um, because sometimes it'd be hard hearing it and be hard for you to write it. But you know you're honest, and I think that's probably one of the reasons you're a captain as well. And I mean, you know, even though you have to call it sometimes, it is from a respectful manner, and you still have to call it as you see it. Otherwise, there's no point in in, in talking.
4: A hundred percent. Um, Brennan and, and you know, thankfully with, with the girls there for a number of years, uh you didn't have to be overly critical too often. But I think women's sport has moved on in a sense, you know, when we were playing Brendan, the match report was lovely and nobody ever played bad and everybody was great. And while we got brilliant coverage, you know, it was it was a wee bit I wouldn't say vanilla, but you know, it was very, yeah. very positive. And I think now that the modern female player, I think they respect um journalists and critics when as you know, as as Matsy would say, you, you call it as it is and um, because you, you want to respect them in that sense. It's not it's not calling people out, but it's just commenting on the game the, the way you see it, but um, yeah, they they get they always give me a bit of slagging in game on now by Donegal because I i really i've i've been i've been tipping them for success for the last few <laughs> years and uh, the <laughs> and RG they're they're always slagging me, but um, but yeah, no more than yourself, friend, you know, like having played for Donegal yourself, but it it is hard and. Yeah. But with with the girls, there there aren't many too there aren't too many girls left who I would have played with um in that sense, and I wouldn't know too many of them. But you don't like being critical, but as as you said, you have to give an honest opinion yeah. and an honest view on it because it's to respect the girls more so than anything, you know.
0: Yeah, and I uh, suppose there's one them ones where you can't open it up by saying of of a player if that's quality, you know, you've, you've dropped standards. You can't open it up in terms of saying right from from to where that player's at. This this isn't. This isn't their form, or there's ways of dressing it up without being like completely cold on it. You know, quite often there if you have a top player, you just have to you just have to call it. Uh, Nadine. But listen, li- life's good up there in-, in Dublin at the minute. Uh you're just you're just flat out at everything. I know you're in constant contact with the girls and you had a few influences. Um, even my sister, I mean I can't imagine the two of you's even the two using the night out, never mind everybody else, <laughs> throwing the cabinets in and all the crazies with that. But uh, you still t- stay in touch with everybody and still like uh, would be swapping messages and 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 keeping in contact.
4: Ah uh, yeah yeah absolutely. We have a, a Union's WhatsApp group there that it gets lit every so often. And obviously your Maria, you know, would be one of my closest friends still and Mo and. Um we're we're heading off and I'll catch up now in a few weeks, the three of us. And uh yeah, just you know what, as I said, that unit reunion was lovely too, Brendan. And we're we're hoping to do a, a Donegal reunion very, very soon. I was chatting to Frances Francis Kane there last week. Frank would have played full forward for us, um, and not a three team. Um she had a big birthday there now during the week. I won't say what age, but uh we're saying we have to get the it's twenty years. Years like since we won that Junior All Ireland, so hopefully that will be the next, the next catch up for all that. Gang. Them things but, scare um, you, Nadine. I, uh,
0: them twenty. Them, when somebody says twenty years, uh, you're like, oh not a second. What? 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 I know, I know, Brendan. It
4: does. Like <laughs> whatever,
0: whatever like, championship is coming up there. You know, your your, your twenty five year things and that. When I used to see them when I was playing, and them, you know, the team would come out and they all looked like old men. You know how felt like they were oh mad. now I'm thinking, is that me? They look like an old geezer now. I come out waving to the crowd. How did this happen so quick, you know? Oh, no, I think we have a few years left before we look that old now. I think we're, <laughs> we're safe enough.
4: Thankfully, oh, I started when I was 12. Yeah, make it, yes. make it for a while.
0: Yeah, brilliant. But, Nadine, absolutely fantastic listening to the money. Of course, we have to give a mention to Siobhan. You know, you're a lovely couple. You were so good to my family there when uh, Dad was going through treatment and that as well. So fair play to you, sir. Um, listen, it w- was great to meet you. And um, listen, as ever, uh, Nadine, what a way to start off uh, the show in terms of looking at uh, life stories. I mean, your one is me, isn't it? I think it needs to be encapsulated some way that people can read what you've done, Nadine, because I was just blown away with that. What a, what a brilliant first grade. What a great woman you are. I mean, really want to thank you for uh, taking the time to talk to us this evening.
4: Lovely, Brent. I think my mother has it all in scrapbooks at home in Letterkenny, so it'll never, uh, it'll never be gone. And, uh, we listen, we loved having you and all the family up here in Dublin, and we'll get you back up again for sure. Thanks right. a million.
0: Much appreciated, Nadine. Take care. I'll catch up with you soon.
4: Lovely, Brent. Bye-bye. Brilliant,
0: brilliant. Yeah, Nadine Doherty there. Fantastic stuff. I want to thank her so much. That was brilliant. I want to thank Jerry Tracy. Earlier for his input to the show, of course, the brilliant Joe Dex here for keeping me right and a uh, little Monday night session guys they're waving up me they're ready to get the place rocking hey lads take it away I will speak to you actually not next week the week after it's a bank holiday we'll be back and call McFadden will be joining us for Life Stories I'll speak to you all then